You know, John ended the revelation with, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. That would be my prayer tonight, even so. Come quickly. He's coming in power. I'm looking for him. Are you looking for him? I'm looking for him. Thank you, worship team. You say, you forgot to take the offering. You know to give it. And how? That's how concerned. <laughs> Talked about giving this morning. See, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And you don't have to worry about a cheerful giver. They'll give. Amen? He's coming in power. <laughs> the church has forgotten it. The Pentecostal church has forgotten it. He's coming in power. We're trying to tame an old fallen world when I'm looking to get out of it. Got people looking for the Antichrist. I ain't looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for the Christ. I'm looking for the one that John saw riding on a white horse. I'm looking for one that had a name that nobody knew but himself. I'm looking that his head was crowned with many crowns. When John first saw him, he said he had eye, that he had hair like wool. And he had eyes like a flame of fire. And when he spoke, he spoke and had a voice that was like many waters. I ain't looking for an antichrist. I'm looking for the one that was called faithful and true. Yeah? That has a vesture that's been dipped in blood. And that's been given a name, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's coming in power. Now, got rulers of this world that thinks they're taking over. No. <laughs> He's coming. Just real quickly tonight. You know, I need tonight, and you did too. I needed tonight, and you did too. Ephesians chapter 1, just real quick. Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading in verse 13 just to have some context. In him you also, after hearing the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. It's the gospel of your salvation. In him also, afterward, hearing the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and after believing in him, we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, 
who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Verse 15 says, Therefore I also, hearing of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you, mentioning you in my prayers, Paul says. So that the God of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom. Now I've spent weeks talking about spirits. They're spirits you should avoid, spirits that you need rid of, spirits that, that you need delivered from, but this is a spirit that Paul prayed that you would have. There's nothing we need more than a spirit of wisdom. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't know how to apply it, I've met people that could ace a test, but that were dumb as a box of rocks. Hello? <laughs> box of rocks. Spirit of wisdom. He said, I pray that you would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This is what I want to get to. Let the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Paul could have stopped right there. Praying for the, the saints that have believed on him. He says, I pray that you have a spirit of wisdom and a revelation of who he is. And that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you may know the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Back that up to verse 18. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know. Paul prayed that you may know what is his hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. Paul prayed that, you, that he, your eyes would be opened to what you have in him according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ and raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above. Somebody say it. Far above. 
You can look at this old fallen world and all of its corruption and all of its evil and all of its failure and all of its wickedness and all of the, the, the things that are happening in government and in politics and murder and strife and envy and all the things that come with it. But I want you to know that he's been seated at his own right hand far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the which is to come. And that he has put all things that he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him that fills all in all. Oh, church, oh, that it would be that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. If we ever understand it, if it would ever become clear to us, we would never have another day of defeat. Didn't say you would never have a hard day. If the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, we would understand that it may look like we're losing, but he has already won. If the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, then we would understand the fight that we are in and that it's not a carnal fight, it's not a fleshy fight, that it's a spiritual fight. If we had the wisdom that, God, that Paul has prayed, and we can, and we do, when you're in him and you have his spirit. It says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Father, who will give it liberally and without punishment, without, without strife, without abrading. He will give it to you, James says. Oh, that if we would understand that he seated this, this one who paid the whole price at his own right hand. That's his arm of strength. And we, Christ is in us and we are in him. And that we, he was seated far above. When you're in him, you need to understand something. That you're far above all principalities and powers. Church, we need our eyes to be opened and understand one more time who it is that we are in and who is in us. We have a position in Christ. Do you understand that your salvation is more than a prayer? Do you understand that your salvation is more than fire insurance? That your salvation is more than I get to go to heaven? That my salvation, my position is in Christ. It says, give me the last verse, that I admit that he is the head and that we are the body of Christ. 
The fullness. Who is he talking about? He's talking about the believer. It says, which is the body, the fullness. We are the fullness of him that fills all in all. You're not defeated. You've already won. (laughs) We need a revelation. A fresh revelation of who he is, what he's done, and who we are in him. If we would understand that that our mood wouldn't be determined by the latest headline, by the latest election, by who won and who didn't win because we've already won. We have a role in all of that, and I have a concern in all of that. But I can rest assured and know that when the eyes of our understanding are open, that the cares of this world fade into the distance because we can raise our gaze, we can lift our eyes to things that are far above all of this because we are seated there, it says, in Him. You know, I encourage you, go read the, if nothing else, go read the book of Ephesians. Write in your Bible. I don't write in my Bible. Then you need a new Bible. If your Bible's too pretty and expensive to write in, then get you a cheap one that you can use. And then realize you wasted your money on a pretty Bible and write in that pretty Bible. Use that thing. Write in it. Circle it. Go through Ephesians alone and write how, and circle how many times Paul talks about in him. In whom? In he. And begin to realize where you're at. Front row, I need attention. We're in him. Paul said, it's in him I live and I breathe, I move, and I have my being. It's in him. It's not in a building. It's not in a ritual. It's not in a routine. It is in him. In him. See, if what he talked about in the Corinthian letter, you've heard me say it a thousand times, you know it. If a man is in Christ, he's a new creation. See, I have a position. If you're his, you have a position in him. And when you're in him, you are him. And he is you. Read it again. Put it back up there. Give me, the, give me verse 22. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. To the church. To the church. 
Now, coming to church don't make you the church. Making him Lord makes you the church. Being born again makes you the church. He's put all things under his feet and gave to him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him that fills all and all. Do you even know who you are? It's okay because that's what Paul was praying for the Ephesian church. They didn't know who they were. Lord, I pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. That's my prayer tonight, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened and we begin to understand who we are. We can change our world when you realize that he's been seated far above and you're in him. You're not looking. Sometimes I feel like I'm on the bottom of the barrel looking up at everything, and you do too. But I'm not on the, it doesn't matter what I feel like. When I'm in him, I'm not at the bottom of the barrel looking up. I'm seated with him, Paul said, in heavenly places. Because I'm in him. See, it doesn't matter what your feelings say. It matters what the word says. I'm in him. I pray tonight that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened and that you would realize where you're at and by being there, what it means. You're seated above all principalities. (laughs) Church. We lose sight to who we are. Maybe you don't even want to talk about it because some lie of the enemy, which is a deceiving spirit, has come in and said, oh, you you don't talk about who you are, that's pride. No, I don't talk about who I am in me. Because Paul, he said, Paul, I know I'm nothing. I know I'm nothing, less than. But see, I know that he's something. And I'm in him. And when I'm in him, I, that's something I can confess. That's something I can know. That's something I can stand on. Because it's not about me. It's in him I live, move, have my being again. I can't do anything, but he's done all things. Oh, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Everything in this world is screaming, give up. Social media screams, give up. The news screams, give up. Half of the church or more, 75% of the church or more, the church, in quotes, says, it's a great philosophy. I don't live for a philosophy. Jesus is not a philosopher. I don't live for, the, for the, what Aristotle had to say or Plato had to say. Plato was something I played with when I was a kid. 
No, that's Play-Doh. Not Plato. <laughs> it's more than a philosophy. It's more than a religion. It's a position that's been bought and paid for in his own blood. And then when I accept it, he places me with him. Oh, you don't get it. If you ever understand, if the eyes of your understanding should be enlightened, it'll change who you are. It'll change how you react. It'll change what you do. It'll change how you think. Boy, if we don't need that. The biggest change that can happen is when you realize who you are, it'll change how you think. Half the church world or more. I've got to stop saying half because it's more. My own fellowship has arguments going on with without it on, on rapture and tribulation and second coming. And, all, and it, it's just an escape mentality and a fear tactic. I actually read that in an official publication that we should change our language on eschatology so that it's not a tactic of fear. Listen, Jesus is coming. Like when you used to play hide and seek. You remember that? Some of you, that's not so long ago. Some of you, it's been a little while longer. But if you remember back, you used to count it off while they went and they said, ready or not, here I come. I'm going to tell you, he's coming, ready or not. And the way I read this book, it says he's coming for those that are watching. If you're not watching, I question your position. I'll leave it to God, though. I'll leave that between you and him. But all I know is what the book says. It says he's coming for those that are watching. This could be the day. Man, when I was a kid, if mom was late from the grocery store, I thought I'd miss the rapture. I could pray through. <laughs> Fear. No. Hope. It's the blessed hope. Where are these boneheads Dr. Dumbbell's finding that it's a language of fear? No, it's the blessed hope. But even when I read that, I thought Jude says some save with fear. <laughs> and some have compassion. Some of you boneheads need somebody to scare you back to Jesus. Now, Jude wrote it with different language than I did. But you get the message. He's coming. 
And when you look around at this old world, and I do often, you need to understand something, that it didn't catch God off guard. He wrote it down, put it in the book, told you it was going to be this way, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. I'm helping you. He told us it was going to be this way at this time. And some, for some reason, somehow, he put you here right now. That the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened. I refuse to go around hopeless. I can get in the flesh. I'm trying not to. That's why I don't like to sing this panty-waisted, limp-wristed, whiny bag stuff that half this church. I didn't mean to say it that way, but that's how I said it. <laughs> whining, whining around and calling it worship. Right, exactly. <laughs> now, y'all help me out a minute. Please tell me I'm not the only one that listens to some of this junk and think, golly. I was encouraged till I listened to that. Now I've got to go pray through. I could be ugly, but I'm trying not to. <laughs> Make me don't do it. Cat and Brandon might think I'm picking and I'm not. Every once in a while, I just kill a song. I just put a dagger in it and say, don't sing that anymore. Don't sing it. I'm sorry. When I come with my gender, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not picking, I'm just saying. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. Song. <laughs> Me too. When two or three agree is touching anything, okay? Let it be settled. Whining around and calling it praise. I don't know where that came from. It just felt good. <laughs> yeah, I do. I wanted the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Right. It isn't holy if I come out depressed. It's where we're at. But thank God that we're understanding, that we're called, anointed, appointed, placed in the time and the day that we're here. He knows who you are, where you're at, and why he put you here. 
And the church just needs to have the eyes of their understanding opened. That we understand that we're on the verge of victory, not defeat. And that he is coming back. Church, he's coming back. And now is the time to get it done. You know, that's the bottom line, Sunday night crowd. God bless us with his presence. And I, I want to tell you something. You should never take for granted when God manifests his presence in this place. 20 seconds in his presence is better than any preaching that I could do in a lifetime. It'll turn your situation. It'll make it real to you. Church, I'm closing out. We're going to pray in just a minute. I just came by. I, the Holy Spirit had the service tonight. It was more his than it could ever be mine. And he just wants us to know that, that the prayer is that the eyes of our understanding could be in light. And that we're in him. And that when you're in him, you're above it all. And that he's moving. And that we're not losing. And can I just say, very simply, that the best is yet to come.